Well, welcome to the Align Journey podcast, you guys. You are in for a total treat. I'm so, so excited to welcome Michaela. She is a muggle coach. She has so much magic that she spreads around and on the world. And you guys are so excited. I'm so excited to welcome her and have this conversation with her. Welcome, Michaela. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to chat with you today. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, I would love for the audience to just hear a little bit about you. Yeah, so I, well, I mean, as you said, muggle coach, um, coach is my muggle title. Um, really, I'm someone that have all, has always been fascinated by people and helping people and being empathetic and seeing the best in people. And my magic didn't really fit into the muggle world. Like, you know, I was in many corporate jobs and tried to help people in many different ways, but I always end up, ended up burnt out feeling like unexpressed within my workplace. So life kind of invited me into this weird coaching world, which wasn't a thing way back in the day. Um, and yeah, within the space of one day, three people told me I should be a life coach. So I was like, oh, what, what even is this? Um, and so that's led me down a really beautiful path, which through being on that path, it's really helped me tap into deeper depths of myself. Um, and I am a really big believer that it's, you know, it's so important to have incredible goals that evolve us from the inside out. But at the same time, if we can't enjoy the journey today, then there's literally nothing to say that we'll be happy just because we've got more stuff. You know, and I think so many people are chasing something, be it the ideal body or the dream relationship or the six figure or seven figure career. And they're actually unwilling to practice loving themselves today and feeling happy today. So really the corner and like the foundation of what I do is helping people learn to feel good in themselves, in their nervous system, in their bodies, in their lives, in their relationships, and really understanding and honoring their unique design because we are all so different. And if we try and just plug ourselves into someone else's way of doing life, it's never going to work. So um, yeah, that's kind of a snapshot of what I do. I love that. It's so important. Like we are so programmed to be future oriented and to plug into the present and plug into the now and decide like, are you happy now? Are you willing to enjoy this moment now is a skill that we don't practice. Yeah. Like, is this moment now enough? Mm-hmm. You know, cause it, it, it really is a practice to feel good. And a lot of people learn this, you know, they, um, say if a family friend of mine recently got a gastric band put in, she lost a bunch of weight. And I was talking to her sort of about six months later. And even though she was proud of herself and there were so many physical things that she felt better for, you know, breathing was better and whatnot. She still felt the same because her internal happiness barometer hadn't changed just because her body size did, but it's really easy to tell ourselves, oh no, when that happens, like when this happens, Um, And usually our egos get really staunch when people start talking about this and they're like, no, 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 you just don't understand. It's different for me because blah, 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 blah. And we get so fixated on this idea that one day everything's going to be perfect that we overlook actually putting in the reps to learn how to be happy now because it is actually a skill. It's not something, I mean, it came naturally to us at one point, but we've all had so much conditioning from the world around us that 
sadly at this point it does have to be a practice to feel good in ourselves um so yeah I just think it's it's the most worthwhile skill to practice because it means that of course you know you can get all the things but it makes the journey feel so much better and a lot of people think and I know I used to think this that if I loved myself now then I'd never want to get out of my track pants but like actually it's usually self-loathing that keeps us in our track pants day after day you know when we actually feel good about ourselves we believe in ourselves a bit more and we want to put ourselves out there a bit more um so I think yeah also smashing that myth that loving ourselves and accepting where we are now you know means that we don't grow that's just not true because when we actually feel good in ourselves we believe in our potential so much more yeah I lived the I will be happy when belief Mm -hmm. for so long and I mean we can still get caught up in it but I used to tell myself I can slow down when I've achieved some of my goals. And it's like learning how to slow down before you get to your goals and enjoy the moment just changes things so much. Yeah. And a friend of mine um, always says this, and she's a really successful entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, she always says, like, if the success is guaranteed, how do you want the journey to feel? Mm-hmm. You know, so going after those goals, if you know with absolute certainty that you're going to achieve that, how do you actually want to feel as you work towards that? And I think that's a really powerful question because so many of us think like, oh, I'll just be busy, 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 and I'll do as much as I can now. But when I get there, then I can relax and then I can feel good. But that's not actually true because if we believe that the only reason we have success is because we hustled our asses off to get there, then we're not going to want to let that go. Like we won't trust that if we relax, we might lose it all. And we've worked so hard, right? We don't want to lose all our hard work. So we're like, well, I've got to work hard to maintain that. And then we're just perpetually like busy. And I don't value busyness for the sake of busyness I value getting stuff done that's meaningful and important and stuff that's fun and you know is enjoyable but I really don't value doing things for the sake of doing things um like I did a post the other day that was just like you know I think doing nothing in joy is so much better than doing something out of obligation and it's interesting how often we get that skewed where we think that like somehow doing thing is doing something anything is like a superior act than just being but it's like well who says like we just showed up here right like we didn't sign a contract to say you have to like be busy from nine to five Monday to Friday all the time like we didn't sign that piece of paper but we've put all these rules on ourselves as to what makes a successful life and I'm here to smash that shit yeah I never when I was in my corporate job like I was supposed to be there working eight to five I was never working eight to five but it kept me busy from eight to five and it's like now that I work for myself it's like well I can sit down and have really focused time for three or four hours and get more done than I got in nine, done in nine or 10 hours. Yeah. And especially as a manifesting generator, you know, you guys can be so productive, but it's not linear productivity. It's not like following one thing through from start to finish. It's following your inspired flow. And then all of a sudden being like, Oh, I just want to do this thing. And it might look like a complete sidestep, but actually it's moving forward, but almost in like a spiral direction. Um, and you guys can get so much done, but it's not within that, you know, the construct of a normal job description. Um, 
yeah. So I love that you've found your own path where you can actually follow your own unique nature. In a way that I have found that helps me kind of follow my path and my own unique nature is having time where I'm just being every morning, like having my coffee, doing my meditation, my journaling. And I've recently started going to yoga every morning. Mm-hmm. And it's like having time where I'm technically not productive, but am, um, allows me to be so much more productive when I do sit down to work. Yeah. And that's, that's a common thread I've noticed with people that achieve a lot in shorter periods of time and, you know, don't follow this sort of conventional working structure is that they actually are on quite a bit, but it's simply, they have a lot of self-care practices. You know, they see the work as not just the front facing stuff. It's, yeah, it's, it's the time we spend recharging. It's the time we spend connecting with our soul. That's the work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just about scrambling around and doing things. Like, it's so nice to actually take the time to connect with ourselves because at the end of the day, we're all we've got, you know, little old us. That's all we have, like our own thoughts bouncing around our head at the end of the day. Um, so I love that. Yeah, I love that you're taking the time to connect and it's so important. I would love to hear from you. I mean, I talk a lot about human design and so a lot of my audience knows about human design and knows theirs and they've heard about my Manny Genesis and I know you are a projector. And I would love for you to just share how like learning about being a projector and what you've shifted in your life to just really fit in with who you are as a person and where your soul's aligned. I, yeah, when I found out I was a projector, I was just like, holy moly. Like I felt so seen, which Mm -hmm. for all humans is important, but for projectors is deeply important. Um, Because yeah, I was just, I couldn't figure out why, like I could never sustain the same kind, like, you know, I, at the time, I think I'd just quit my job working as a probation officer, which, you know, in the States is similar to a parole officer, but you're working with people that haven't gone to jail as well, but you Mm -hmm. know, are on sort of community-based sentences. And there were people around me that like had been in the job four or five years. And after a year, I was just like, I can't keep doing this because like I had such a high work ethic, but it was essentially like a factory farm for offenders, you know, like there's just so many people you're working with. And I was like, why can't I stick with this? Like, why can't I sustain this? Why does my body just say no? Like when I'm trying to get up and go to the work, go to work. And there's multiple elements within my human design that contribute to that. But like when I realized that I was designed to work in a different way and, you know, a a lot of people, when they learn their projectors, they're like, oh, what? So I can only work part-time. That's not it. We get to work how we want, but like, it's much more about being efficient with our time and also projectors. um, We can feel before we realize we're projectors, we sort of feel a little bit misunderstood. Like why do people not understand me? Um, and so understanding different elements of being a projector, it just made me feel so seen um, and it kind of validated the sense that maybe I did see things in a way that other people didn't quite. Um, like we all have a unique perspective. So that's the case regardless of what design we are. Um, but I would often have this experience where like I would you know, see someone that was struggling and give them some insight and they'd just be like, no, nah, that's not it. And then a year later, they'd come back and be like, oh yeah, like just casually as like, oh yeah, you're totally right. Um, 
And it's simply because, you know, we have an ability of seeing things beyond the level of which people are conscious. And that's where it's so important that we understand our strategy of being invited um, and not just, you know, waiting for an invitation, I think is kind of a disempowering way of putting it. Um, really it's about being invited and there are times when actually we can invite others so you know we can ask people questions like is it okay if I share this you know it's, it's not just about us having to wait there for people to recognize us um but it's been really powerful lately understanding like you know because the longer we're in our human design experiment the more deeper we take it and I think I've been circling around the human design world since 2016 mm. um so, you know, a bit into my experiment now, um, though they do say the deconditioning process takes like seven years. And I think for the first year, all I could really know was that I was a projector and that was the only information I could actually fully digest. Everything else was sort of, it was really interesting and I wanted to learn more, but that was the only piece I could actually digest. And I see a lot of people like just wanting to know all the bits, um, which is understandable because our mind just wants to know more. But it's like, actually, like if we're not implementing it and if we're not practicing it, then we're not actually really learning it. We're just getting cool information. Um, so yeah, being a projector is hugely important for me. It's, it's a lot of projectors have a laziness wound where we feel like, you know, like, like I know I was called lazy a lot when I was growing up um but I have like the mind of a Labrador but like the body of a cat you know where <laughs> I just if I'm curled up on the couch my body is not moving I'm not a foot tapper you know I'm not like sitting there just you know like with bundles of energy I am like part of that furniture um and I've always been like that and so it was really it was permission giving for me to be like oh actually I'm not lazy. It's just that I actually genuinely need more rest and recharge than the average person. And my energy is very intense, you know, like as in, I, when I'm as a projector, when I'm like locked onto someone and someone's in front of me, they're literally like the only person in the world to me. And I have so much energy to channel into them. And then, but in order to sustain that, I need a lot of time where I'm, not around people because I take in people very deeply you know it's not just mm -hmm. I'm I'm not happy with the superficial conversations I don't like and so oftentimes you'll either get a text back from me straight away or it's going to be a couple of days because I need to be in the right energy to respond to certain people because I hold myself to a certain standard um and so, yeah, just understanding that about myself has been super powerful because projectors can get just as much stuff done as anyone else, but we have to do it in our own way. And it's interesting because I was talking to my sister about it, who's also a projector. She's very skeptical about all this stuff, but like the more I've shared with her, the more she's kind of like, okay, go on, go on. <laughs> like just sort of sidling up to me sideways, like this is all bullshit, but keep talking because that last thing that kind of made sense. Um, and she was like, no, that's not me. I don't work in bursts because she, you know, she works a normal sort of nine to five yeah. type job. Um, and when she was actually explaining what she does, she usually faffs about, you know, she's like, oh, I just have to get heaps of stuff done in the afternoon because I end up faffing about for the whole morning. And it's like, yeah, you're working in bursts. It's just that, you know, like in the morning, say when she didn't have the energy and she's just there on her emails looking busy, um, you know, like 
she's still working in birth it's just that she doesn't work within a structure that supports her you know it's it's all time-based she works um for a law firm so it's all about like you know billable hours and all that kind of thing and so she's still working in birth it's just that she's trying to sort of mask that within a normal corporate job um so it's just interesting to see how like with human design what I love about it and why it's so legit to me is because um so I do human design coaching as well and human design readings and what I love about it and why it's so affirming is because I'm never telling people something they don't know like every time I'm talking to someone about their nature they're just like yeah like of course that's me like um, the person who pushed me the most to like start offering human design as a service was my partner who's like a total Kiwi bloke and like very logical you know like listens to the Joe Rogan podcast but like you know he's just he's he's a dude like he's an amazing open-minded compassionate person but he's a bloke and he was the one that pushed me more to start offering this as a service because everything that I said to him about his design was so accurate And even, you know, even the details of like just casually mentioning that he shouldn't eat in the sun, like as in in the bright sun. And he was just like, yeah, I hate that. Like I, you know, if he sits down to eat outside and it's a hot day, like he does not want to eat. Like there's a part of his body that's just like, no. Whereas for me, I'm like, who cares? Whatever. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But for me, like I love to eat and drive I love to walk and drive I love to eat with my hands I have like you know technically what some people it might be like disordered eating because it's just all over the show I don't have any rhyme or reason to what I eat but actually that as a nervous touch digestion being able to eat while I'm stimulated um you know and being able to use my fingers and that sort of thing is really important to me but you know we've been taught that that's bad right that we should be mindful with our eating that we should sit down and we should savor it and we should appreciate it but when I was single and I was you know eating alone if I was eating by myself and there was nothing going on it felt disgusting like I was like like it was just gross and so I'd put my laptop on in the background and watch something on Netflix and I used to be like oh I'm so unenlightened you know like it's such a bad thing to do but now I understand that actually I digest things better when my system is stimulated when there's like multiple sensory things going on and so I think that's the beautiful thing about human design like by no means is anything that has power over us and there are times actually where I systematically choose to forget about human design, to push it to one side, to forget I'm a projector and just be like, no, because I don't want any system to have control over me. And anytime I do that, inevitably, I'm like, oh God, it's so legit. And I I bring it back into my life from a really empowered place. And so that's why like I kind of with my human design coaching, it's a cyclical thing. It's not something I offer all year round because I actually need time away from the labels myself because if it becomes too much a part of my life, then all of a sudden I'm trying to fit myself into that box rather than using it as a useful tool to make sense of myself and to empower my energy. Um, But yeah, I love it so much. Yeah, when I found out I was a mini-gen, they're like, oh, mini-gens don't need a niche. And I was like, okay, I won't have a niche. And I'm like trying to sell everything to no one. And I'm like, okay, this is not working at all. And like figuring out how just because I'm really um, 
multi-passionate. Like I get to be really multi-passionate outside of my business and I don't have to have like, not everything has to live inside of my business. And so like, well, I don't have like a really strict niche. I did find like, for me, it works better to like know who I'm talking to and what my message is. And I also, most of my arrows, um, point left. And so, or I mean, point right. And I, um, wait, no left, sorry. Um, like that structure helps me. And so it's like, I feel like when I first learned, I was like, okay, I can like do whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I need structure. Yeah. And some of the most successful coaches I know are managing, you know, that kind of have their lane and often within it, you know, like there is, you know, a beautiful flow. Um, but I think that's where it's beautiful that we, you know, within human design, regardless of design type, there are so many translatable messages. Like, so say for me, I have, I'm a projector, I'm not a managing. And I found the whole niche thing really hard as well, because there are so many facets that I love to help people within. So I had to kind of zoom out and out and out until I could find kind of the coherent piece. Um, But like, yeah, it's just, ultimately I mean one of the biggest lessons that come through through from human design regardless of you know your design type is that we should follow that sense of expansion and that sense of excitement you know if something feels good to us then there's something in it for us and obviously there are more complicated aspects to it say for instance I'm an emotional authority so you know I might be excited about something and it may not be the right thing for me to do however I trust that like being in that excitement and leaning into that excitement is always going to yield me amazing results, even if that result is just great clarity, you know, and clarity is such a gift. So I love just being able to take those big lessons and also as well, like human design really is all about body wisdom. You know, it really is about trusting those messages that come from other parts of us other than our minds um, because we've been taught that you know like we should write our pros and cons list you know we should be logical about the things that we decide but most of us know that oftentimes like if we want to do something then we're going to write that pros and cons list so it justifies what we already know we want you know and that's what I love about human design is that it really does teach us to tap into those deeper parts of our wisdom that aren't always like that conscious mental energy that we as a society really value and human designs like no 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 like there are deeper parts of you that actually understand it you know and we can go to psychology to understand it too because our subconscious is literally taking in everything you know it's taking in light it's taking in sounds it's taking in millions and millions of pieces of data in any one moment and we can only consciously process a fraction of it you know we move through our whole life without even realizing we've got a freaking nose under our eyes because you know our eye you know our mind just blocks it out because it's like yeah but you don't always need to know that you've got a nose you know you've got a nose like you don't and I'm sorry if you're Voldemort listening to this your noseless bastard (laughs) but even ask your swearing was okay on this podcast but here we are um you know and so when we have these hunches we were like I don't know why but I just feel like 
I need to do this. Or I don't know why, but I just don't like that person. Overlooking the fact that our subconscious is picking up on everything and it communicates with us through our body and through these knowings. And we try and logically account for them, but we can't because we haven't actually consciously processed that information. So I love being able to use, you know, different modalities to speak to the same truth, which all comes back to the fact that, you know, like only we know what's right for us. And if we don't know right now, you know, like it's coming, like we know enough now to take the next step. But what I see, one of the biggest things that block people and people like me, I can be the worst person at this, is trying to get everything figured out in my head perfectly so that when I go to execute it, it's amazing and it's green lights all the way and everyone thinks I look really cool and I get all the accolades and I make all the money and what we end up doing is nothing <laughs> you know we're not doing it because there is no perfect strategy we actually can't figure it out perfectly in our head because the rubber needs to hit the road and oftentimes we need to try something and we need to kind of pivot as we go in order to develop the emotional resilience and the character to sustain that thing. And I think that's one of the biggest things people in this day and age don't want to do is they actually want the things to come easy and we don't want to have to develop our character. You know, we want, we want success to come just naturally to us. And a lot of people are actually unwilling to become the kind of person required to get that thing, but also to maintain that thing. And I, I it really is like a self-worth thing. You know, a lot of people have a real fixed mindset and when they go to achieve things, it's to prove that they're worthy you know, and so they don't want to fail because if they fail, then that means they're not worthy. And if they fail, it confirms they are a loser. And what people said about them was true. Whereas when we actually learn to love ourselves and value ourselves outside of anything we do and outside of anything we achieve, then our self-worth isn't dependent on our success. And that's one of the most surefire ways to halt us and to paralyze us and to make the journey feel so shitty is to make our self-worth conditional on what comes back to us you know like it's just no that's that's it's it's such a shitty journey it feels so sad yeah I feel like human design does a really beautiful job of helping us really come back to ourselves and I feel like a lot of times our like greatest things that will bring us joy and make us money and really help us create this beautiful life are the things that we really struggle with and I know for me like my the gate that I have defined in my G center is gate 46, which is the gate of, um, like loving your body. And, um, that's one of my biggest struggles has been loving my body. And I have other clients who will have gates defined in that center. And I know it's like one of their biggest struggles. And so it's interesting too, that like our biggest struggles are usually are like what we can use to unlock the life we want to live. Yeah, and that's where our real wisdom comes from. Um, you know, it would be so nice if we all just came straight out of the womb and we were these little little Yodas with all this profound wisdom. But like the stuff that we struggle with on the daily is the stuff that we have the most in-depth information about. You know what I mean? Like as in you having struggled with your body for years, like that's when you actually really, really understand the hearts and minds of people that feel the same. And you've had to develop real strategies to deal with it because 
you've experienced it. Whereas, you know, people that have never had body issues and they do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, well, you just get on with it. You just don't care. You just don't think about it. Like that's not helpful for people that are actually really struggling with something, you know? So it's, it's so great when we're able to, um, you know, not see all the lessons that we constantly learn as a bad thing. Um, and I know, you know, as a projector, like my laziness wound is something that's always burning away in the background. And I know I said the same thing to you before we started recording about the body stuff. Like when I'm stressed, like, or if I'm not feeling as good, if I haven't been taking as good care of myself, like body stuff's going to come up. Um, but also like this feeling of like, I need to do more. And so within human design, um, I'm relatively defined. I have six centers defined. So even though I'm a projector, oh, yeah. I still have quite a lot of energy within my body, but I have a completely open, so I have an undefined spleen, but I have a completely open sacral and a completely open heart. And what that means is the shadow side of that is that I want to prove my worth through doing, you know, I want to prove my worth through being productive and intimately, like, you know, in my inner circle, I'm surrounded by many genes. And so like, you know, my partner's a many gene, his parents who I spend a lot of time with their many genes. And so like, if I don't, if I don't catch myself, I'm going to start trying to keep up with them in order to prove that I deserve my seat at the table, you know, or in order to prove that I'm being a good mom or a good partner or to prove that I'm trying. Um, And it never works because like, part of why my partner loves me so is because you know like I'm a I'm a happy lovable kind person and when I'm trying to prove my worth through doing I become resentful I become like jaded I become like more snarky and so it's like we think that we're helping because it's like no look at me I'm being the perfect person who's doing all the things but like our body keeps stock of all that shit, you know, like we can't get away with living out of alignment and still be the person that we want to be. Because like, even if we're saying all the right things and doing the right things, humans are all intuitive. Like regardless of what your human design is, regardless of whether you've got an open emotional center or not, like humans are all intuitive and we all feel that. And it's such a gift to the world when we genuinely have a full cup. And usually that starts by, disappointing some people of saying no of not being able to fulfill other people's unconscious expectations but then on the other side of that is that we give so much more to the world um and I mean I kind of I I don't like the analogy of you know you can't give from an empty cup because I think a lot of people use that to be like well I need to fill my cup like I need to have baths and I need to meditate so that I can give more you know, it's kind of like, it, it, it's almost like, um, you know, those productivity, you know, those things that we've internalized about how we need to be productive has sort of, you know, seeped its way into these more sorts of spiritual ways of being. And I think that, you know, we should want to fill our own cup because it's a nice experience to have. Like at the end of the day, our primary experience as human beings and as souls is, what's happening within us you know our primary experience is the thoughts that we're thinking and how we feel in our body and filling up our cup is simply a nice experience to have and at the end of the day life is just about experience like it's just a whole bunch of experiences that our mind plays together in a linear order but 
you know, given that this now moment is actually all we have in this moment, it's nice to have energy. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have energy, to feel good, to have joy. Um, I've pulled my, the human design charts for my whole family. It's mm-hmm. interesting because I'm the only one with an undefined ego center and everyone in my family has a defined ego center. Yeah. Uh, and I notice I tend to surround myself with people with a defined ego center and like self-worth and something is something that I've struggled with my whole life. And like my brother and sister are just very firm in their worth. And, um, I thought it was interesting just seeing that that's what I grew up around. And then that was the struggle that was created. I was like, Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And also like, you know, it's so easy from that place to try and overcommit to prove our worth like be like yes I'll do that I'll keep up with everyone else and obviously as a managing you have a natural supply of energy but not necessarily for the same thing um and yeah for people with open egos it's so easy for us to overcommit to prove our worth and be like yes I'll do this thing I'll sign up for that I'll do this and we need to have permission to back out <laughs> I mean obviously it's better to to know ourselves well enough to say yes to the things we intend to follow through on but yeah it's it's such an interesting it's such an interesting dynamic yeah yeah it's so it's just really cool to see and um, I mean it all just comes back to self-connection and it's just a tool of getting to know yourself better and um, some people resonate with human design and some people don't and there's just so many beautiful tools out there as a way to get to know yourself better. And I love using it in my coaching. Just like you Mm. said, none of my clients are like, wow, I never knew that. But they're like, oh, thank you for permission to be myself. Or thank you for permission to like not do this thing that I felt like I had to keep doing. Yeah. And it's, I think, you know, as we're trucking forward with our goals and into like the pregnant unknown, sometimes it can feel like we're jumping off a cliff and we have no idea what we're coming into. And so things like human design can be a really useful tool for our mind to kind of create chaos out of uh, order out of chaos, you know, like as in to be like, I'm not sure which one to do, but actually according to my human design, this will be better for me. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, I think sometimes it's really useful for us to feel like, you know, there is an instruction manual. Like obviously it's all artificial because life is a beautiful cacophony of like order and chaos but I think it's really useful for us to have a sense of calm and a sense of clarity in a really uncontrollable wild world so it's it's such a gift in that way yeah it allows you to like human a little more like okay I need you my human brain is like I need this and you're like okay I I can give you something I can give you some logic yeah yeah it's it's so great So I love how you were talking about how you really help people just like connect back with themselves to connect to their magic and connect to a life they love and becoming who they're meant to be. Other than human design, what are some tools that you use to help people connect to themselves? Um, It's, I mean, that's one thing I love about the intimacy of connection is, I mean, it depends on what format I'm working with people, but there really is so much power in holding space for someone to be fully witnessed. Um, And that's why, you know, I call my coaching containers, be it one-on-one or other ones, I call them cocoons because that really is what it is. And so much of the transformation actually happens from being witnessed, you know, from like having eyes on you, from 
from being seen, from being heard, especially those sticky, icky parts that we have such a story around why we could never share that. Um, There's so much power in actually just being like, this is me. This is me. And having someone that loves you and not just, you know, like has sympathy for you, but actually sees you and your strength and in your power. And so for me, it really is that balance um, and what I help my clients do is understanding and honoring the needs of their human, you know, like from understanding how to optimize the energy. But what's so important, especially if you're in the entrepreneurial space, but in all life is, you know, regulating your nervous system and understanding, you know, because we, we have such a strong intellectual mind that we often think that we should be above these primal animalistic parts of us. We're like, no, 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 I know that I'm safe, therefore it's fine. And we're overlooking the very real anxiety in our body because we're like, no, 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 I know, I know everything's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's all good, it's all, all good. Whereas our body is like, ah, because we think we know better and we think that we're above our very real primal instincts and we're not, we're human. And so It's a mixture between really honoring the human, but then also holding ourselves to that standard of our soul knowing. And by that, I mean, as in like that thing that's pulled you forward, you know, as we move throughout our life, we have these ideas of, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. And like this sense of, I would love to be this, like this sense of evolution that unfolds from the inside out, um, So that's my favorite thing to help people play with. Um, And there are some practical strategies within that is really understanding that we have a nervous system that really needs to be supported, that needs to be nourished, that needs to be surrounded by the right people, that needs to create a rhythm within our life and within our business and within our love life that actually allows us to feel safe. Like safety is so important for us. Um, But then... Beyond that, rather than, because if we stay in that place, we're just staying within the parameters of who we are and who we've been. And we're in our comfort zone where we're just, you know, we're going through the motions and it's great. But, you know, that deeper part of us, it yearns to expand. Um, You know, we yearn to try new things and to do new things and to experience new things, to taste new things, to see new things. And so it's that balance. It really is quite a, a fluid flow between like honoring who we are today and honoring who we're becoming and, you know, sort of showing up for that person before we are it. Um, and, you know, there have been some practical tools that have really helped me. Like, um, you know, I got into personal development through body stuff as well so I I mean it started when I read this book called Mind Power by John Kehoe it was a book I found in my dad's man cave and it was all about the power of our mind and how our thoughts actually like for one thing I didn't realize that my most of my feelings were a physiological response of the thoughts I was thinking and the stories I was telling in my head I thought it was a result of how life was and how I was like if I was feeling shitty about my body I thought well yeah it's because it's a shit body versus like understanding the narrative I was playing out of my head and how my body was responding to my mind that was revolutionary but like also that our thoughts have you know our thoughts are energy and everything's energy and understanding that our thoughts actually have productive power in the physical world that was mind-blowing for me But when I learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, so I can use this to get the perfect body. 
um, you know, it was all about visualizing me in the perfect body and the perfect relationship. Um, and so it really did become a means to have the right body. And I thought I needed open heart. I thought I needed enough willpower to get my ass to the gym consistently because I'd do it for a couple of months and then I'd fall off the bandwagon and all that sort of thing. So it was actually my want to change my body that um, and to feel confident you know to feel good in my body but very much I wanted to change it like it wasn't just enough to feel confident it needed to look good to other people um, which is obviously all my own internal perception anyway I have no idea what's happening in other people's heads no matter what people say we have no idea what's actually happening in their heads um, so yeah and when I first started using things to reprogram my subconscious has been really helpful and it's something I still come back to so really just repeating things with as much emotion as I can muster, um, you know, from affirmations to visualizing things. I used to do a lot of mirror work where I would stand there, sometimes clothed, sometimes naked, sending myself love. Um, and little things like that were really useful practical tools that I love to use as and when needed. But as a quad right person, so as in all my arrows are facing to the right, um, I never stick with any one thing for particularly long, you know, like say for instance, a couple of months ago, I had like a social media timeline, whereas I'm like, I wouldn't, I would only go on social media after eight o'clock and by five o'clock I would be off. And that was the thing that was really useful for me. And then after a couple of months, I was like, who cares? Like, I don't need that anymore because I'd got the lesson and I didn't need to do it in the same way. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty fluid with, with the practices. There's nothing actually I do every day, <laughs> like all day, every day. I mean, I don't, I feel like it, we're taught, like, I remember I used to hear like all rich and successful people get up at 5am, like become part of the 5am club. And like, there's all these things that are put out there that like, if you want to be successful, you must do this. And it's like, just finding those practices that work for you and work for your body and knowing that you have to stay consistent with the same thing every day, just like allowing yourself to like flow with what works for you. But there is some consistency in it. And that's something yeah. as a Manny Jen that I've had to learn is like, I would hear like Manny Jen struggle with consistency. And yeah, I have always struggled with consistency, but I've also realized the struggle from con for consistency, I don't feel it came from being a Manny Jen. I, I mean, maybe it somewhat did, but I feel like a lot of it came from like this struggle to do things for like real connection um, and like just giving myself permission to change my mind. And that doesn't mean I'm being inconsistent. That just means that I don't, I'm sick of doing something that thing, that one way and I get to show up in a different way and that's still consistency. Yeah, definitely. And things serve a purpose for a certain period of time. And sometimes certain decisions are the perfect thing. And then, you know, next month it's just not. And I think as well, we have like a very short-sighted version of consistency where we think like, you know, on a daily basis, I need to do this or within, you know, every week I need to do this or what have you. But actually within 365 days a year, usually we're moving forward and usually we're getting things done. But I think, and especially by the sounds of things in like the American hustle and grind culture, um, I end up talking to a few, a few of you that have been burnt way the fuck out because of it. But yeah. like- I think it's just, yeah, it's so, 
it's it, it it's well I mean for one thing it's designed for men and obviously no man is designed to be consistent every single day however hormonally men are on a daily cycle and women are on a monthly cycle but then all humans as well like we're animals we're on seasonal cycles as well like there is a fundamental difference between me and spring and me and winter like in winter, I have so much less ambition, so much less drive. Every winter I put on weight, you know, because I love my comfort foods and I don't want to do things and that's fine. And every, like every spring rolls around and I start to like, my body starts to wake up and, you know, some years it looks different than others because once again, like, you know, we live within cycles, within cycles, within cycles, we're different beasts as we move through. But like, I think it's so powerful when we don't try and hold ourselves to these standards that we as women were never meant to fit into because we actually just can't. Like I get so much done when I do things my way. And anytime I start to guilt myself or shame myself and using words like should, like, oh, you should have done this post today. Um, it makes things worse. It makes it harder to snap back into it versus being like, but I'm not because I don't want to and I'll do it later. Um, it's so much easier to get back into the rhythm and be consistent when we don't have that judgment around it. We're not making a story about it. We're like, oh, see, you didn't follow through again. Like, oh, you're so inconsistent. Like that makes it harder. Like the stick doesn't work long-term. It's all about the carrot. Yeah, like not making it mean something because you missed a day or I used to make it mean so much if I would miss the gym one day or if I didn't eat perfectly one day I'd be like oh my gosh all my work is ruined like I can never stick with anything and I think a lot of my definition of consistency came from diet culture yeah which is just not a healthy place to garner that any definitions of anything and let's be honest like you know when we start because I used to like yeah if I you know was quote unquote bad and had like the chocolate cake it wasn't just the chocolate cake like it wasn't just when I was eating the chocolate cake and I took on the calories and the sugar and whatever of the chocolate cake. Like I would literally think back to that days after and be like, oh, that would have been the perfect week if I went for that one piece of cake. Like, and you know, it's so important we understand like when we are feeling judgment towards ourselves and our actions that makes our digestion worse. You know, like if we're feeling shameful about what we've done, we start like start to get cortisol in our system. You know, we go into our sympathetic nervous system, which is like our fight or flight. Well, yeah, fight or flight response. And our digestion slows down. And we sort of think, oh, but if I, if I just let myself have the cake and enjoy it, I'll eat more cake. But actually like, if we're feeling crappy about our decisions, then we're not actually properly digesting it. And I used to find this where um, back in the day, um, you know, after we'd had a big night out drinking like at uni and stuff like that, if I had some KFC and I was excited and I was like, yes, oh my God, KFC, I'd feel nothing afterwards. Like I'd eat it and I'd be like, whatever. And if, you know, my flatmates were getting KFC and I didn't really want it or like I was being quote unquote good, so I didn't want it, but I did want it, but maybe I should have it. And then as I was eating it, I'd be like, oh my God, think of all the calories. Like, ugh. I always felt crappy afterwards. Like my stomach was sore and I was like, I just, my skin felt greasy. Um, and it's so important. Yeah, we understand the effect that we have in this thing, because it's not just about the food. It's not just about the physical actions. You know, you can see someone in their business 
that's posting every day, that's doing Facebook lives, that has their own podcast, whatever. Some people that do that are making no money. Some people that do that are making some good money. Some people that are doing that are making freaking amazing money. And you will see the actions are actually the same. And their internal peace is the difference maker. You know, like how they expect things to go, that matters. The standards they hold themselves to, that matters. How they feel in their business, that matters. How genuinely excited they are about what they're selling, that matters. How much they believe people actually want what they're selling, that matters. And it's it's great when we take this approach because it's not like the things we do in the physical world have no effect. Of course it does. It's an aspect of human existence. Of course it has an effect, but like we're such an important piece of the equation. And what I love about it is that we have no control over, like we don't have total control over our emotions or anything like that. But generally speaking, the general direction is that we get to decide the thoughts we entertain, we get to decide the beliefs we have over the course of our lifetime because our subconscious is completely programmable. Um, and it's really nice when we get to focus on the things we actually have control over. We have no control over pandemics. We have no control over someone just getting up and leaving our life. However, we get to take care of ourselves. That's one thing we always have control over is how well we take care of ourselves, how kind we speak to ourselves, the meaning we make out of certain things. There's so much genuine control we actually have. And I think it's so powerful when we actually start focusing on those aspects and yeah, just accepting a bit of grace for the things that we were never meant to have control over. Yeah, life gets to be really beautiful and magical in this kind of masterpiece if you're willing to make it. And we're so taught to focus on what we don't have and the negative and what we're missing out on life. And the more I started to focus on like the life that I have and how abundant I am. And I mean, the fact that I got to, I manifested and bought my dream home in six weeks and I have traveled the world and been to 30 something countries and I've done all of these things on my own, but it's like, oh, but you're single. So you shouldn't, like, you're not allowed to be happy. Yeah. Isn't it just so crazy? And that's why, I mean, I, I love that you're in this personal development world because I know you'll be doing, you know, all the, the inner work that I did um, when I was single and so ready to meet my person. Um, and I never wanted to admit it out loud at first, you know, because I've always sort of been like socially confident and independent and those those sorts of things that I never wanted to admit. Like, you know, I didn't want to admit that I just bought like a love and relationships course online. And, you know, that if, oh, if someone jumped onto my YouTube spontaneously and they would see all like the dating, like, you know, the, the webs, uh, the YouTube videos of like dating coaches and that kind of stuff. God, I never wanted to admit to that. It felt so like, ugh, as a strong independent woman to like admit my edges. Um, but it's, I'm so grateful that, you know, there was that part of me that knew that I needed to kind of get my head straight around love and relationships. Like, because yeah, it just meant that like, when I met Chris, my now partner, um, my baby daddy, um, mm -hmm. that everything's been green lights. And of course we always, you know, there are going to be difficult conversations because you're two changing people trying to, you know, like make it work together. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm so grateful for that inner work I did around love and relationships because a lot of people don't do that and they think oh no I just need to fall in love like I just need to meet the person that's the only thing that needs to change and 
with a client and um, one of my one-on-one clients recently, like we were doing some heart healing work. Um, she knew that she had some issues around men. And as soon as we started talking about it, I was like, oh girl, this is mommy and daddy stuff. You know, like <laughs> there was some real inner child stuff going on. And we did some, you know, some sort of heart healing work, you know, inner child kind of stuff. And within a couple of weeks, she manifested this really, really beautiful man. And this was like, you know, literally within a few weeks of us working together. Um, but it was really interesting to see, like when we, that was kind of the point where she'd done a lot of personal development work, but not really in the field of relationships and within the space of her heart. And it was so interesting to see that relationship unfold. Um, you know, he was a lovely man. Um, there were some incompatibilities, but he showed up for her in a really beautiful way. And it was a really beautiful relationship. But now that relationship is over, um, which is all perfect because she was able to see an example of like a really good loving relationship. But there was yeah some underlying incompatibilities. But also ultimately, she, you know, she saw her own patterns playing out and seeing how there was still that part of her that didn't feel worthy of love. And so she didn't fully trust it. And she didn't fully believe that she could actually be herself with her, her female ebbs and flows, you know, the big emotions as an emotional authority. Um, like she just hadn't fully matured enough within her belief that she was actually worthy and deserving of love. Um, so it's been a really interesting process around it. I just think that, yeah, we should never be, afraid of looking at that stuff you know looking under the hood because if we're unwilling to look at it then we can get the thing you know you can have the million dollars in your bank account but see how fast it goes if we haven't actually worked on holding it and I can see in the past there were so many times in my life when I was perfectly poised with you know a really you know wonderful person in front of me and I couldn't let myself be loved and because of how I showed up, then that started to affect how they showed up. And then all of a sudden I had more evidence for why what I thought and what I was afraid of was really valid. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I love talking about love and relationships. Yeah, it's just such a reflection of who we are and what we need to work on. And that's really scary too. Like, I feel like... Um, you want to like hold a mirror up to the things you need to work on, start a business or fall in love. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the good stuff. And it's a bit of a nuanced subject because I totally believe that if you can't be happy by yourself, then, you know, how your happiness is always dependent on the world doing perfect things. And the world is never going to like perfectly line everything up perfectly all the time. You know, it's, it's, yeah learning to be happy by ourselves I believe is really fundamental but at the same time it's such an and thing like I really do believe it's also okay that when we're single there can be that deep yearning for love um, and it doesn't mean that we're not a strong independent woman it doesn't mean that we're not doing the whole self-love or the whole happiness thing right um I do also believe that there are certain things that we're meant to experience and simply that we want to experience and 
you know, like you said, you've got the home, you've got the beautiful career. Um, no doubt you've got amazing friends because you're wonderful, you know, and it's, I think it's okay that like there is also that thing that feels like the one missing piece because I mean, that will always be the case, right? As soon as you've got the man, then you might be like, oh, but what I just need now is like, we just need a baby and then that'll be amazing. Or like, we just need to move to this country or like, yes, I'm making this amount of money, but I just need that more. And it's that balance, right? Between being so grateful and happy for what we've got and accepting that there's always going to be the next thing we want and it doesn't mean we're ungrateful it's part of like our soul calling us forward to like yeah evolve from the inside out um so yeah super super I mean as humans I believe we're meant to have one foot in gratitude and one foot in desire so yeah you are implanted if you have both feet in gratitude and you try to go forward, you're going to fall over. Yeah. If you have both feet in desire and you're trying to go, you're going to fall backwards. So like, as we walk, we have, you know, one foot in each space. It's like, we can be grateful and implanted in our gratitude while walking towards what we want to create in our life. Oh, I love that so much. So this has been such a beautiful, magical conversation. Um, where can people find you if they're like, oh my goodness, I love Michaela's magic which I know everyone will. Yeah, they're only human. Come on. Um, <laughs> but you can listen to my podcast. So my podcast is called the Pays to Be You podcast. Um, you can find it on all the places you listen to your podcast. Um, and Instagram stories are my favorite place in the world to be. I'm consistently inconsistent with posting and things like that and that's how I'm designed to be and it's perfect and it's beautiful but stories are something that I always show up for and I love showing little snapshots of behind my life of the little adventures me and my lover go on and my really really cute baby who's not a baby anymore he's 21 months old and he's a giant but he's my little itty bitty tiny baby Mm. Um, and yeah so that's um, my handle is underscore Michaela Lloyd underscore and I trust that it will be in the show notes because I'm not gonna be one of those creeps that spells out my name Um, (laughs) and I'm on Facebook Facebook OG from way back Uh, Michaela Lloyd is where you find me there but yeah come and come and hang out on my stories they go over to Facebook so if you're a Facebook gal then you can see them over there um but yeah I really as a projector I really do value connection and I love knowing who's in my audience I have um a caves environment in human design meaning that I really thrive in intimate spaces I've got a beautiful intimate audience where I feel like I know everyone's name um and so if you want to be part of my world if you love my magic you know, you're welcome to be a lurker in the background, like by all means, come along, just creep. That's fine. You get to do what you want to do. But -hmm. at the same time, know that I really do value relationships. Like I value intimacy with people. So if, you know, you want to come into my world, then you'll actually be in my world. You won't just be a number. You'll be a human being. So yeah, it's been blooming lovely to chat with you today. And I'm so excited to connect with you and your people more. Yes, I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much. And until next time, guys, have an amazing rest of your day.